0: I want you to turn your Bibles with me tonight to Genesis chapter number 24. That's Genesis chapter number 24. And uh, we'll begin reading verse 1, and then we will read down to verse uh, number 15. And then we will talk about some things and uh, hopefully prayerfully be a blessing tonight. Genesis chapter 24, verse number 1, it says, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I'll make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife and to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go into my country, to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, peradventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me into this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. And the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me and that swear unto me, saying unto thy siege will I give this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and sware to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia and to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God, Of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water and let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink and and she shall say, drink and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thy servant. Uh, I'm sorry. Therefore, thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher on her shoulder. If you would, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for this opportunity now. Lord, what a privilege it is to open the Word of God. Lord, I'm God, I'm thankful that You are God. I'm thankful that You gave Your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for all of us. Lord, I'm so thankful that You've given us the Holy Spirit to help us and to show us what we need. Lord, I pray that You'd help me tonight as I... Bring forth the Word of God that I would say those things that need to be said, nothing more and nothing less. Lord, that You would truly be glorified and honored and lifted up. Lord, I ask that You would make us all more like Christ tonight when we leave this place. More like Christ than we were when we entered. And we ask it for Your glory and honor's sake. Amen. Thank you. You be seated. I want to talk to you out of this passage of scripture. Now, uh this story really compasses the whole chapter, but I didn't want you to stand for that long. Um, but this is a very interesting passage of scripture. Now I like the stories in the old testament. I like them because they're real. It, these these aren't you know fairy tales. These are real things that happen and they've happened there for me to learn some things from you know, Even though uh, back then things were done differently, there's a lot of application. There's a lot of things that I can learn that can draw me and make me more like Christ. And so tonight, I want to teach or preach or probably more or less apply missions out of this passage of Scripture. Missions in the Old Testament. It's there. And uh, let's look at this together now. Let, let's get the, the the main story idea down. Here's Abraham. Abraham, it says he's old. He's well stricken in age. He's gotten to the point in his life where he's he's older. He's done a lot. He's matured a lot, and it's it's just that part of life. Now, I'm not that old, okay? But I have our our oldest son is here. He's not our oldest child. He's our oldest son. Uh, he's studying up at Bible College up in, in Kentucky, and he's come down because we were close enough that we could see him. And now he is what they call Twitterpated. Y'all know what I'm saying? He done found him a girl that's we thought she was blind, but she's not. Um, love you, son. No. But he, he's gotten engaged, and he's ready to marry this young lady. And we're thankful she's a sweet young lady and um all that but now in the bible times that's not the way they did it the daddy went and got the son, got got the bride for his son and so abraham has gotten to that point in his life where he says okay this is my son this is my only son uh that i've had that is supposed to go on this promise that god has given me and he said it's time for him to have a bride And Abraham sent out a servant to get a bride for his son. Now think about this. What has God asked us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. What does that mean? What are we, essentially we are going to be the bride of Christ. So what God's wanting us to do, He's wanting you and I to go and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence, uh, the the application of missions. You know, missions is not just going to a foreign country. You know, um, the Bible says that we're to go into to Jerusalem, Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the earth. I know I didn't quote that quite right. But it talks about here in our local area. And then the surrounding area. And then eventually to the uttermost. And it does say Samaria, which is that part that we don't like. The Samaritans and the Jews didn't like each other. But God said, hey, don't forget those that you're not necessarily your favorites. Mm -hmm. That's sometimes the hard part. But God loves them. Uh, Let me remind you, you probably are somebody, somebody don't like you just as bad. (laughs) That's true. I've had some in the church tell me too. We were on staff for quite a few years, and I had one lady come up and said, "Brother Chuck, I have to apologize to you." I said, I'm, can't think of nothing. And she said, well, "I've been mad at you for a while, and I've been telling everybody in the church how bad you are. <laughs> Next time, just ask God for forgiveness, and I don't need to know." Anyway, I'm going to get off. Let's look at this and this. So. So Abraham needs to go, and, and he needs to get the bride for his son, and he's asked this servant to do it. Now, I, I want to. I'm going to take this a little bit out of order, I guess you'd say, and I want us to look down in verse uh, number, the end of verse number two, down through verse number nine. We find this promise that was being asked. This is hey. Uh, now again, Abraham, you got to get this in your mind folks this Abraham, this is probably the most important thing on Abraham's agenda at this time in his life you know he he's already settled, he's already uh, gone through much of his life, but now this is important. This is to continue on his legacy and his family. you know if abraham if if Isaac doesn't get the right bride. This could be tragedy. This could be bad. And so this is not just a menial task. This is not like, hey, go get me a drink. Okay? Abraham is saying this is the most important thing that I could ask anyone to do. Now, we know that by the type of promise that he's asking. Look at the end of verse number 2. It says there, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. Now, it's that particular part of this uh promise is he, he's asking him to put his hand under his thigh, which in that day and that time meant that this was a great undertaking. And we also know this. If you look down there uh, at verse uh, number 6, the servant asks the question, hey, what if she's not willing to follow me? Hey, what if I can't... He, he understands that this is of the greatest importance. What Abraham is asking, he's asking the servant, I need you to put aside everything that is on your plate. Everything that is uh, in your uh, to-do list and put that aside and make this your top priority. Now, this particular servant, we'll talk about in a minute, was a very uh high-ranking, I guess, servant in the house of Abraham. And he did have a very uh, a lot of responsibilities and everything that he needed to do. But Abraham said, I need you to make this the top priority. Are you willing to do that? And he did that by asking him to put his hand under his thigh. And the thigh, is that is the source of strength that in the Bible is considered um, uh, the reproduction, all that. So you understand that what he's saying is this is important. And folks, there's nothing more important in a Christian's life, uh, no duty bigger than at telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we can't do that if we're not right with God, if we're not reading our Bible, if we're not praying. But the fact is, God's asked each of us and has actually commanded us to go and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. This servant was given this great command, this great promise, and we see there by him asking him to put his hand under his side and make this great commitment. I want you to think about it tonight. Have you made that commitment? Are you willing to make that commitment? Are we willing to say, God, I'll tell my friends, I'll tell my neighbors, I'll tell my family about the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I will do it. Sometimes I get a little embarrassed. Uh, A couple of my kids, they've gotten this thing about handing out tracts. They got it. You know, and, and I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes we're at a restaurant and they're sitting there like, Hey, you want a track? Hey, you want a track? Hey, you want a track? And I'm like, sit down. Don't bother everybody. That's bad. But you know why they do it? Cause they said, daddy, if they don't, I remember one of them went to give a track to somebody and they weren't ugly, but they sternly reject. He said, but he might go to hell. Don't bother them now. Come on folks, we gotta realize that this is a task of great importance. You know, I think, and I think rightfully we've, in, in our, our generation has said, you know what, I don't want to push people away by being too confrontational. Okay. But I think we've gotten too far to where we don't even present the Gospel. You can do it in a way that's not mean, that's not nasty, that's not unkind. You can do it in a a loving and uh, right way. But are we doing it? If we really get a hold of the fact that without us committing and doing this thing, people will die and go to hell. This servant understood that what he was asking and what Abraham wanted him to do was to commit to a great task. But Abraham didn't just say, hey, I want you to do it. You need to get it done. But look at what Abraham told him also. Look at verse number 7. Of course, he gives him instructions of where to go. And uh, in verse number 5, the servant asked him peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow um, I'm sorry, peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me into those lands uh, must I bring the son again? And Abraham said no, but look at verse seven he says, And the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, which spake unto me and swear unto me, saying, that thy sea will I give this land. Now he's reminding him what all God has done. What has God done in yours your life? What's God done in my life? Hey, he took me from Southwest Georgia, brought me to near Jacksonville, Florida to send me to Mongolia. Now, I was thinking of the sister song there at the end that says, as small as I am. Folks, I am not some great Christian of faith that just, <laughs> no, I went to Mongolia because I was scared not to. I went to Mongolia because I knew that's what God wanted me to do. you, listen, South, Southwest Georgian don't match Mongolia. Don't match it at all. Brother, they have long vowels and they have short vowels. Southwest Georgia, we have long vowels. And <laughs> you can get in trouble if you don't use the right ones. I, I, I was in class in, I said, mini-machine, huir de cador. I said, bachwe, which is my car on Tuesday. I thought I said, doesn't go. Well, I kind of did. But that that means you can't drive on Tuesday. My language teacher started laughing, which is not unusual. She laughs at me all the time. She said, you mean Bakwi? I said, okay, Bakwi. Well, then what's Bakwi? She started laughing. She said, doesn't poop. So (laughs) that's a back week, back week. No. Anyway, listen, here all that Abraham has seen God do, he's reminding this servant that God can do for you. God's greater than any task he's asking us to do. He he can take care of everything. Just think back how God has brought you to this point. And then look at verse 7 what he says next. He said and he shall send his angel before thee. Listen, he ain't sending you alone. He didn't send me to Mongolia alone. All my family had to go too. <laughs> no, they got to go too. But there's somebody else that went with us. The Holy Spirit. And I want to be here tonight to tell you, if you'll make a commitment and say, God, I'll tell my friends, I'll tell my neighbors, I'll tell my coworkers, my family, my friends, I will tell them, I can tell you from the authority of the Word of God that you won't have to do it alone. He'll send the Holy Spirit with you. He'll send the Holy Spirit even before you. I went visiting one time a preacher years and years and years ago and we were just knocking doors. Now this is a Saturday morning. I didn't want to go. Didn't want to go. I wanted to stay in my bed. It was warm. It was nice. I didn't want to go knock on doors because I didn't want to go and have people look at me funny and wonder why I'm on their door. But... I knew I should go, so I went. I was a little late. I was hoping they didn't have enough people, so yeah, I'll just go home. And honestly, folks, my attitude towards it wasn't right, but I did. Do, I went. So we began knocking on doors, and you know how it is. Most time, you don't really want to go. You don't really want to start that conversation. But once you do, it, it's okay. So we were knocking down the doors, not literally knocking, knocking on the doors. Um, and I went to the, you know, I had gotten past the point where I was like, "Yep, nobody home." We and I knocked on this one door, and I heard, "What do you want?" I said, "I want to go home. That's what I want." And this gruff man come out. He he, you. Know, what do you want? I said said, I'm Chuck from Grace Baptist Church and we're out inviting folks to church. Do you go anywhere? No. I said, well, I want to give you this track and tell you how you know for sure you're going to heaven. And I didn't want to make the man mad, so I left. Walked on down, thanking the Lord I didn't get shot, killed, axe murder, nothing. Finished the road and I'm walking back down the road and my partner there was walking down the other side of the road there. Um, And I got right at the fence line of this same guy. He said, Hey you! Come here! I'm like, Hey partner, you see me? So I went up to see what the man needed. Long story short, he needed Christ. I praise the Lord he got saved that day. And the Lord saw fit to see the rest of his family saved and they're They're not in our church anymore, but they are still going to church. They're still serving the Lord. What had happened? And I tell you that not to just let you know that sometimes we got to do it even if we don't want to. The fact is the Holy Spirit had been ahead of me. It wasn't me that I was all spiritual and something like that. I was just able to do it, just willing to do it. And God blessed. He shall send... His angel before thee. So this promise is a great commitment, but it is also uh, told that we can have a great presence as we make this commitment. Then I want you to look there at verse number 8. Now again, the servant said, hey, what if this woman's not willing to come and follow me back? Can I bring your son? And he said, no. The son don't need to come again. And Jesus already died once. He don't need to come again. But... Look what he says there. Verse number eight is Abraham speaking to the servant. And the woman, and if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. What he said is, listen, what I'm asking you to do is go and tell them about my son. He said, now if they're not willing to come, if this lady if you try trying to find one and no one's willing to come, then you've already done what I've asked you to do. You know, God did not tell us to that we are to get people saved. We're to go. We're to tell. We're to preach. We're to teach. But truthfully, the results are up to God. So with confidence, we can go and knock on the door and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if they reject it, they're not rejecting me, they're rejecting Him. But the fact is, I can with confidence know I've done what God has asked me to do. I've fulfilled my commitment if I tell them. Now if we don't tell them, we've not done our part. But I'm so thankful that I don't have to make sure people get saved. I can't do it. I can't make sure. The only person I can be sure of that, I, that is saved is myself. So this servant is being asked for a great commitment. And he's given the promise of some great presence. And then he's also told him a great proclamation. You go, you do it, and I'll take care of the rest. What happens in the very next verse? I believe it's verse number 9. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swear to him concerning the matter. Here in a little bit, we'll have an invitation. And at that invitation, you'll have an opportunity to respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart now and what He will speak to your heart about. I don't know what that is. But are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to make whatever commitment? Are you willing to say yes to the Holy Spirit as He gives us that command? As He gives us and asks us to make that commitment to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to go to Mongolia with me. If you want to go, we can have a great time. I promise you this. We'll have fun. I can promise you another thing. You'll be cold. But what a joy it is to serve the Lord. But the fact is, you have to make a commitment to God to tell others about Christ. Now let's look at not just the promise, but the person. The person that Abraham asked. Again, the greatest thing in Abraham's agenda at that time was to get a bride for his son Isaac. Who is he going to ask? It's important. Look at verse number 2. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had. See that little word servant? It's a big word. You see, Abraham was looking for a servant. God's looking for some servants. You ever heard the term, too many chiefs and not enough engines? And I'm glad I ain't gotta be a chief. I'm glad I can just be Chuck. And God can use Chuck. I think of that song as small as I, that little phrase as small as I am. And as big as I am. <laughs> it don't matter. No matter what you know, what you don't know. It doesn't matter where you were raised and where you come from. It doesn't matter a lot. It doesn't matter anything other than the fact that you say, God, you said you asked me to do it. I said I'd do it. You said you'd help me. And we commit to doing it. And we then take on this heart of being a servant. I didn't have that heart of a servant when I, that, when I went visiting that day. My heart was not about others. It was about me. And folks, I didn't plan on saying this, but when we're not willing to witness, when the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, it's cause it's about us and not about him. We gotta get away from that. You know, uh, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh because it was about him. What does God want you to do? Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to be a servant? There's a lot of people out here that needs servants to tell them about a loving Savior. Not just a servant. Look there, the word before that it says unto his eldest servant. Now, if you were to take your Bibles, we're not going to because of time, and look over at Genesis chapter, uh, I think it's fifteen, verse number two. Uh, Abraham's talking with God and says, "I don't have a son, but this servant of mine, uh, um, Eliezer, and I'm trying to remember where he's from, but anyway, he said this is this is the one who's going to get everything I got." He was this top servant. I believe this is the same servant. Now think about this. If this is Eleazar, which I believe it to be, Eleazar would have received everything Abraham had until Isaac came along. This servant could have been bitter. He could have been mad. He could have said, you want me to go get a bride so that he can get all these blessings that he stole from me. That would be a terrible attitude, wouldn't it? But he wasn't that way. We see that here. But what we do see is that he was his eldest servant. What does that mean? That means that this Eliezer had been with Abraham. He had done the task. He had been with him. He had uh, uh, performed tasks. He had been faithful. To Abraham. And God is looking for servants, but He's also looking for faithful servants. Folks, really the Christian life, it's not complicated. I'm not going to say it's not hard because it can be very hard. It's not complicated. Just be obedient. Just be faithful. When it's time to come to church, come to church. It's time to read your Bible? Read your Bible. It's time to pray? Pray. When the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart? Obey. Be faithful. It's required in a, in a story that a man be found faithful. You know, God's not asking us to do some crazy things, although some of the things that we do are crazy. It's just to be faithful to what God has asked us to do. This servant... The Bible says it was His eldest servant. That means that this servant was faithful to His Master. Are you faithful to your Master? Are you faithful uh, to what God has asked us to do? Not only was He a servant, not only was He a faithful servant, but look there at the last part of that, just before the last part of that verse, that ruled over all that He had. So not only was He a servant, not only was He a faithful servant, He had proven Himself, but it said He ruled over all He had. Now, when I had studied this passage of Scripture, this is where the Holy Spirit really He asked me a tough question. He said, Chuck, can I trust you? Can I trust you to be a witness? Can I trust you To go to Mongolia. Can I trust you with things? With this great task? And this here shows us that that servant, he was a servant. He was faithful, but he was trustworthy. Abraham said, if any of my servants, if anybody I've got, this guy can get it handled because I know he's willing to serve me. I know he's faithful. And I know he will be willing to do what I've asked him to do. Now my question to you is the Holy Spirit asked me, can God trust you? You know, He has entrusted you already. I don't live in Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't live in Tennessee. I don't live nowhere near Tennessee. Who's going to tell the people here? God's entrusted this church with this community. God's entrusted you with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers. He's already entrusted you and He's asking, hey, will you tell me? Will you be a servant that is faithful to me? And can I trust you with this great task? I love the fact that this servant asked some questions. He considered it. He didn't just say, yeah, sure, no problem. He understood that What this what Abraham was asking? Set aside everything that's on your agenda, everything that is important to you, and make this the most important thing in your life. And it ought to be the most important thing in their life. He said, "Brother Chuck, I got to go to work. Absolutely, you got to provide for your family, Brother Chuck. I've got things that I have to do." Ladies say, "Brother Chuck, I have to go to Walmart." I don't have to go to Walmart. But yes, we have things that we must accomplish, we must do. But can we not be faithful? Can we not be trustworthy as we're doing those things, still fulfilling our greatest commandment, our greatest commitment by telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ? Once this servant understood the greatness of the task and all the things that were being required, he put his hand under the, the master thigh and he committed to doing it. And I'm asking you, will you be willing to commit not? Now, quickly, we're going to look at the performance. What happened? What is the rest of the story? Let's look at it real quick. Look there. Verse number 7. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he rose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor and he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. What did he do first? He made preparations. He said, okay, I made this commitment. I'm going to do this task. I'm going to go get a bride for Isaac. So what is the first thing I need to do? I need to get ready. Folks, we got to get ready. If we're going to tell others about Christ, we got to get ready. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if, how many of you, if someone were to come to you and say, Hey, I need to know something about the Lord Jesus Christ. I, if they even said, I need to know how to get saved. Could you show them from the word of God how to do it? You say, said, brother Chuck, I don't know about all that. There's a man right here. I promise you would we'll be glad. Once he get up off the floor after you ask him to teach you, I'm kidding. He'd be glad to. I'm sure there's a lot of folks in this church that'd be glad to help you to understand it and how to do it. Will you be nervous? Absolutely. But that's all right. We got the Holy Spirit. He took everything that needed look at that. He said, it says there in the servant took 10 camels and cattle and so the master departed. Look at this next phrase for all the goods of his master were in his hand. I want to tell you, God will give you everything you need to get the job done. Everything you need. I noticed I didn't say everything you want. Everything you think you need. He'll give you everything you need. He'll give you that push of courage when you need it. He'll, he'll give you those words that you didn't have two seconds ago. He'll bring that verse to your mind. That's why it's important that we read our Bible and pray. What is that? That's preparation to get the work done. How many times have we been in our word in the Bible or been in prayer and God has showed us some things or spoke to our heart and later on, either at work or with family or with friends, that same thought had come to our mind because God had prepared it. You see, this servant prepared himself by taking uh, what he needed and the fact is that he had everything that the Master had at his disposal. And God will give you and I everything we need to get the job done. What a blessing! What a... What an encouragement. I don't have to have anything. I don't have to necessarily get anything particular ready. You know, I ain't got the language yet. Do I need the language? I think I need it. But God knows exactly what I need. And God can work in it and through it. Now we plan on doing it. We plan on getting it better than we got it. I can take care of basics. I can get food. <laughs> I can get around. I Now, being able to present the Gospel and things like that, we're not there quite yet. But God will give you everything you need. Everything that you need, God has available. Abraham said, take what you need. He didn't withhold anything. He could have took 20 camels if he wanted. He could have took 100. And we'll see later on if you read this. And we're not going to look at it tonight, but if you look on later, He took a lot of stuff. He took jewels. He took all kinds of stuff that he needed for the task. God won't send you off without giving you what you need. He prepared. Then what did He do? Look at verse number 8. This is awesome. And He said, O Lord God of my Master, I pray Thee. He prayed. He began to ask God Pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of men of the city come out to draw water and let it come to pass. Listen to what he's saying there. Oh, another thing. Let me, let me put pause right there. Not only did he go and take them camels, but he went to where the young ladies would be. He went to a place, not only Did he prepare himself and get everything he needed for the journey and for the task? He went to a place where young ladies that would be eligible would be. Now, church, you know, we want lost people to come. I don't know about here in Tennessee and Florida and even in Mongolia, they're not knocking the doors down to come in. We gotta go find them. Now, praise the Lord, we can invite friends and they come and they can hear the gospel. That is great, but they're not knocking the doors down. So we need to be going where that. And I'll be honest with you, we are already going. Most of us do. Walmart's a place where a lot of sinners go. They run into me all the time. Now let's look at this. He prayed. Look at this prayer that he prayed. Verse number fourteen. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall, she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. And let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. He's praying. Now I want you to understand what he's asking. Now, Hopefully, you've been paying attention. How many of you are asleep? Raise your hand. How many of your neighbors are asleep? No, no, How many camels did he have? How many did he take with him that we we read here a little bit? Come on, anybody, everybody. How many? Yeah. Ten. Very good. All right, now, listen. Kids, listen to me. This is a neat fact about... Now, these... I don't know what kind of camels. These were probably the dromedary, the one-hump. But in Mongolia and... uh Native to Mongolia, the two humped or Bactrian camel. That's where you'll find it, the only place you'll find it in its natural habitat. Now, I don't know about a dromedary, but I know they drink a lot of water. But I do know about a Bactrian camel. All you kids look at me, wave at me if you're a child, kid here tonight. Some of them old people are waving too. <laughs> I mean, uh, mature people are waving. Alright, so. This camel, the dromedary or the, um, yeah, the Bactrian camel in Mongolia can drink in 13 minutes, 30 gallons of water. That's a lot of bottles of water. It's a lot of cases of bottles of water. Now think about that. What did he just ask God? He says, I'm standing here by the well. And Lord, I'm going to ask one of these young ladies to get me a drink of water, which would not be unusual and customary. It wouldn't be a strange thing. But he said, have this young lady say, sure, but hey, why don't I go ahead and give your camels drink also? Now, potentially, mathematicians, how many camels? How many gallons of water per camel? How much water would she potentially have to volunteer to get? I'm going to say yes. Whatever you said is probably (laughs) close to correct. Be what about 300 gallons. Now, can I tell you something? Everybody see me? She didn't have one of these. She didn't even really have one of these. What would she have to do? Probably something like that. Picture by picture. So what I'm telling you is this servant was asking God for a great thing. Folks, we need to start praying some great prayers. Lord, you've asked me to tell my family about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, you know that family member that I've tried to witness to and they've rejected. it. You know, Lord, they've even kind of gotten upset with me. Maybe they've even told me don't you ever ask me about that again. God, I don't know what to do. God, maybe you can bring them to the point in their life that they will ask me about it. Oh, come on, Brother Chuck. That's just, what, difficult? Is that too big of a prayer for our God? Of course it's not. This servant said, I, I've been asked to do something. Abraham has given me... a." A, commit, a, 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 a command to do something. I've made that commitment. I've done everything to prepare myself. Now God, I need You to do a great thing. And I'm asking You to do it. God, I'm asking You to take a boy from southwest Georgia that can't speak nothing but bad southern English send him to Mongolia so he can learn a language that's crazier than crazy and tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. God can do something great in my life, and it's not me. I teach in Bible college. It took me a long time to learn how to spell it correctly. Theology. You want to learn about theology, start trying to teach it. I'll be honest with you. You want to learn something, start trying to teach it. He prayed a great, huge, only God could answer. Look at verse 15. (laughs) And it came to pass, before he had done speaking, he ain't even said amen. Behold, Rebecca came out. Wow. God answered his prayer. Before he'd even finished his prayer, Preacher, I began to think, I said, you know, Rebecca to get to that well didn't just appear. They're like, I'm here. didn't happen. Rebecca had to begin that journey long before to get there at that time when he was praying and at that exact time that, that that had to happen. God had to work this thing out. So the answer to this Servant's prayer was already on the way before he even prayed the prayer. Wow. But then my brain starts thinking, well, why'd you have to pray then? And I promise you, as soon as my P brain thought that, the Holy Spirit, he didn't use dummy, but I'm going to use dummy as a dummy. It was to prepare the heart of the servant. To get the servant to expect the great things for God to. To get the servant ready to receive what God was going to do. And immediately, before he had done praying, behold, Rebecca came out. Of course we, if you would, and I would encourage you to read the rest of this chapter, he, he did that. She said, yes, let me give you a camel's drink also. And she had done that. What a great thing. So, Rebecca and he asked, "Hey, whose whose family are you?" And guess what? She was the right family. She was of the right lineage that that Abraham had told her to go get. And so she said, "Yeah, come stay with my family. Come with my family." And I want you to jump through over to verse number thirty with me. We'll be done in just a few minutes. I promise. A few minutes can be thirty. It doesn't really matter. Look at verse number 30, and it came to pass when he saw the earrings. This is, let me back up 29. And Rebecca had a brother, uh, and his name was Laban, and Laban ran out unto the man, unto the well. So here, uh, Rebecca had ran back and told him all that happened. And so Laban comes and it came to pass, verse 30, and it came to pass when he saw the earrings and the braces on his sister's hand. And when he heard the words of Rebecca, his sister saying, thus spake the man unto me and that came unto the man. And behold, He stood by the camels at the well, and he said, come in, this is Laban speaking to the servant, and he said, come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Wherefore standest thou without? For I have prepared the house and the room for the camels. And the man came into the house, and he ungirded his camels, and gave straw and provender for the camels, and water to wash his feet and the men's feet that were with him. And there was set before, there was set meat before him to eat, and all God's people said, Amen. But he, the servant, said, I will not eat until I have told my errand." Then Laban said, Speak on. God had provided the right lady and uh, He was well on His way to accomplishing the task. And there was a feast. And you can imagine the meat, the food. What a great thing. But this servant said, I can't eat and I can't enjoy uh, this right now until I take care of the business in which my master told me to do. He could not forget his purpose. His purpose wasn't to go and have fellowship. His purpose wasn't to go and eat meat. His purpose was to get a bride for the son. And folks, I want to remind you uh, God is good and God blesses us, and you have a great church and great friends and family here, and that is wonderful and great, and we should enjoy those things, but let's not forget our purpose. It's to the bride for the Son. To tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you willing to make that commitment? Are you willing to say, God, if you'll help me, if you'll give me what I need, if you'll go before me, I will tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to look at the end of the chapter. Well, let's look at it real quick. Turn over there, verse number, verse number, let's say 63. So, and the rest of these verses, uh, he, re- he repeats all that has happened to Laban. How that God prepared the way and all, and he asked if she's willing to go, and the family says, yeah, but let her stay here a while. And the servants are uh-uh, not, let's not wait, let's get it done. And Rebecca agreed, amen. Now what's happened, verse 61, they, Rebecca and her, uh, damsels, they rode on the camels with this servant. Now, this is somewhere in there, I think. Or it's in my imagination. It's in my imagination. But can you imagine the servant is telling Rebecca all about the son on this journey? She's already received the son. She's already committed, hey, I'll be his wife. Now she's learning about it before she meets him. It's part of our job to win him and to tell him about the son. Why? Because one day look at verse number sixty four and Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she slid off the camel. There's a joke there, but we're not going to tell it. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took the veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into her mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah. She became his wife and loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. One day, she took that journey. The servants tell her about the son. One day she met the son. I can't help but being that servant in my own imagination. That was a great task. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it. Wow, did you see how God worked that out? And as she got off that camel and took off, I can't imagine him doing anything but sitting there on. Praise God. Whew. I'm so glad I did what I was asked to do. Can you imagine later on in years as he's out there performing his task so he was doing the things that he was supposed to do. Maybe Isaac's son come running by and knocked him down or something. Instead of getting mad, he said, I had a part in that. Folks, we can have a part in eternity. I'll be honest with you. I'm glad I get a part of some Mongolians that's going to be in heaven. Not because I'm Something. Mm -mm. There's a man going to be in heaven in his family because I was obedient. And that's about the best I could say on a Saturday morning visitation. But what rejoicing? What does it say? Bringing his shoes with it. I want to ask you to bow your heads. Close your eyes and I'm going to ask the pastor to come. I'm going to pray and I'm going to let him lead however you want to lead of course pastor. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of God and the example in it. I pray, Lord, that your will would be done. The things that you've spoken to our hearts about, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us be willing to make those commitments. For your glory and honor's sake I ask. Amen.